Hey, Desperate Housewives super fans. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Christy Gomez. I'm Summer Moran. And this is We Know What You Did. It makes us sick. We're going to little criminals i'm sorry that we have <laughs> been terrible these last two weeks but it's not without a lack of trying we have tried so like it's just every environmental issue to get us to not record and post has happened except for a natural disaster i was going to say there was that volcano that erupted where i might be making that up Oh, I was like, my God, not a volcanic eruption in like New Jersey. Either I, I'm making it up or it was in Italy. I don't remember which. You know, I feel like I heard about a volcanic eruption somewhere. I feel like you're not lying. I, I think this happened somewhere in the world. I have yeah. a feeling. Well, if that's not the world's moment of desperation, I don't know what is. But what's yours? Why don't you tell me what yours is first? I don't yeah, like it when we start with me. It feels unnatural. My moment of desperation occurred last night. I went to work at the school and I thought it would be a nice chill day. I had a few things planned for the students. They, they could do the puzzle, they could play the game, they could use the clay to make like one of the rooms in Hogwarts, whatever they wanted. And instead of all that, uh, they pretended I didn't exist. Nice. I would, sp <laughs> I would speak to them and say, for instance, hey, little Johnny, could you please put that broom back? And little Johnny would act as if I were a ghost, as if my voice was going through him. You have no control over these children. <laughs> no control. It's, it's really appalling, to be honest. And then a bunch of other kids followed suit where they just like didn't want to listen at all to anything I was saying. And the woman who runs the program had to come in and speak to them several times and for some reason that still didn't get the message through their tiny tiny little itty bitty pea brain skulls and i told a bunch of the parents hey we were having a little bit of a listening problem today i just wanted to make you aware we all know what's going on with like bad millennial parents right now i had one mom look at me and say well it's after school are you kidding me? I was like, that doesn't give your child permission to be a little turd. So they don't I, care that like, their their kids are not respecting authority? No, they do not. And you know what? When their kid gets arrested at age 16 for drug possession, I don't really care. All because it's after school? Make it make sense. It, it, that, that sent a surge of rage through my body. Like, through through all of my chakras right up through the top of my head <laughs> i was just like okay <laughs> and there was nothing else i could do at that moment so i just had to let it go and pretend it didn't happen damn that's crazy i just really <laughs> can't believe like i'm afraid for our future generations to be honest for so many reasons I know, and it's really not just because these are New York kids, because I think we started to have that conversation about yeah. the lack of respect, but this is not just a New York thing. This is not, I I'm seeing it everywhere. It's really mind blowing. We so what was your moment of desperation? It seems like you've got a lot to get out. You know, I always do. You guys, Desperate House, I have super fans. Since my um, 48 hour day last week, I just haven't been the same. Something <laughs> has changed within me. Something is not the same. Um, no, I don't know. I just am a little less less sparkly than I used to be. And um, but last night I went to go get dinner with some friends down in Soho, and um. It was like very cold, freezing really yesterday. I was frigid and I was like, okay, maybe I'll just take an Uber down. The Uber was $75, <gasps> $75 to go from the Upper East side 
to Soho. Never in my wa- – I've never paid more than like $30 for that. Oh, my God. So I was like, okay, well, I'm simply not doing that. Maybe it's rush hour. Fine. So I took the subway. But if – I know we have like a couple New York City listeners. You're frozen. Okay. We have a few New York City listeners. The F train is down for some reason. They're refurbishing it. I don't know. But that's my train. That's how I get to the places I need to go all the time. So we would have loved to record this together, but I can't because the F is down and it's just going to take me so much, so much time to get there. And $75. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I took the train and walked a little bit and then I had a nice, lovely dinner, caught up with some friends. And then I was like, time to go home. I was so tired. I'm still like, I'm not all there just yet. So the, to go back, we, I was leaving at like 10.30 p.m still $75. Lyft $75. I don't know what, like the city was so packed and my friends were like splitting an Uber because they were both more like up towards Upper West Side, Harlem. And I was like, okay, like I'll just get, I'll like ride up with you and then maybe get an Uber from up there. And then thankfully I just found a cab like right in front. So I was like, okay, I'll just take the cab. New York City cabs are the greatest thing of all time. And now they're so easy to get because everybody just defaults to Uber when a cab is right there and it's always so much cheaper. So I get the cab. There was so much traffic. My phone also died, which is why I, at this point I would have gotten on the train, but then my phone died. So I'm just sitting in this cab twiddling my thumbs like it's the 90s i can't just sit on my phone my driver's trying to talk to me about his tesla he has up in westchester i was like that's really nice yeah i was like okay cool he's like yeah i have it in a private garage and everything he's telling me how he turns his tesla on and stuff i was like that's really cool i'm glad you're doing well um but i was sitting on the fdr for 30 minutes it was bumper to bumper traffic at 10:30 at night. Oh my god, it's bumper to bumper. Bumper to bumper traffic. I was For like why? I don't know, I really can't figure it out. I feel like I've always been out and about this weekend every year and it's never been like this. I don't know what's happening. We have to bring back the pandemic. Is the president in town? I don't think so. No, because it my street would be fully blocked off if he was. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And and I got home and I just wanted to sleep. And And did you? Yeah, I did. I fell asleep. Thank God. But still, I think I have a cold or something. (laughs) Do you think the, the, okay. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you, but do you think the little criminals slash Desperate Housewives super fans might want to hear about our eventful Wednesday evening? What do you want to tell them? I just want everybody to know that we have opened the second leg of our tour. Mm, mm, the East Coast leg, yes. <laughs> We've brought one short day from Wicked here to the East Coast, and it killed. It really killed. There was an audience of maybe about um, eight people, and they Definitely one of our it. smaller audiences. Smallest, maybe. But, you know, I don't know why, what was wrong with the sound. Maybe it was the drinks I had. But I could just not sing on key the other night. I just, I couldn't do it. I don't think you sounded as bad as you think you did. And not to mention, I was glad you got to sing your solo because I didn't get to sing mine. But you did sing Valerie with your friend. Yeah, I guess that counted. Yeah. But I wish I didn't sing my solo because it was keeping me up at night. Should we get into the episode? Let's get into the episode. Let's get into the episode. Let's get into the episode. All right. May I start? Yes. This is episode 21, Sunday in the Park with George, which is obviously a reference to Sondheim's Sunday in the Park with George. I love that. I figured it was some type of Sondheim reference, but I didn't know it was a direct hit. A direct hit 
1,000 points bullseye, we open with a Sophie monologue and Mary Alice talks about how Sophie is a hopeless romantic and she's been married four times. Um, we learn all about her ex-husbands and then um, we cut to Morty throwing rocks at um, <laughs> Susan's house. Very similar to what Zach Young was doing. So I liked that little callback if that's what they tried to do. I don't know about you, but I love a callback. I love it every single time. Um, and basically he's like, hey, Susan, I need to talk to your mom. And she's like, it's one in the morning. You need to leave. Uh, Morty is a little drunk and Sophie comes down and Morty proposes with his late wife's ring. Very classy. Um, and basically Sophie's like, oh, well, I'm getting a different ring and it's going to be bigger than this. Like how much money does Morty have? Cause he was saying he was like, the restaurant's just starting to do well. It's like, you're like 70. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, she knows what she wants. I can't be upset with that. From there, we move into all these different flashes of the couple's wedding photos. I noticed Lynette's looked rather photoshopped and it I was really cool. <laughs> like all of the others looked really natural, but hers was just apparently photoshopped. I also noticed how the theme for this episode is absolutely just like marriage and family. Yeah. Um, and I think that was pretty. Uh, oh, well done. In all the storylines, guys, I'm so sorry. I have, I have like 48% brain capacity right now. If that, uh, <laughs> that's okay. They're like, you're like this every week. <laughs> They're catching on. They're like, Maybe she's just stupid. <laughs> no, no, you graduated summa cum laude. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so Gabby is throwing stuff at Carlos. She's enraged because he messed with her birth control. He's a liar. He lies. He's like, I didn't do it. it and he throws Mama Solis under the proverbial bus. And then Gabby fully starts to believe it. Oh, oh, it, it. Mm, it pained me. It pained me to see that liar and that dirty, dirty cheat get away with it. Also, what I think is so funny is like the lapse in time since the last episode. And it's like they're just fully continuing the conversation. Yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> been a week and she's acting like she just found out. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> I was like, okay. But yeah, he's like, oh my God, mama must have done this. I told her to talk to you. And it's like, come on. You're that should be the biggest dead, mom. What a cop out. But she should be able to see right through that because Carlos was defending every last thing Mama Solis did. So why would he not defend this? I know, but she believes it because there's nobody she hates more than Mama Solis. So Amen good for Carlos, that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, I feel some morning sickness going on, so I need to be on her grave when it comes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope she did it. I hope she did, too. Um, so then we cut to Tom and Lynette, and Lynette just looks very haggard while taking care of all her kids. <laughs> haggard. <laughs> Wait, I was once watching Harry Potter, uh on Thanksgiving of this year and <laughs> my dad was there and <laughs> he saw Mad-Eye Moody and he goes, is that haggard? <laughs> I was like, no, actually it's not. Honestly, and me watching Harry Potter. <laughs> you know Harry Potter. I don't oh, anymore. Talk. I don't know. Do you stop denying your inner truth. I know who Harry Hermione, Ron, Snape, Voldemort, Snape, say Severus Snape, say it, 
Say Mad eyed Moody. <laughs> Hagrid. Severus Tobias. Snape. Dumbledore. Say it. <laughs> Names all the characters. <laughs> They're the only ones I know. Crookshanks. <laughs> yeah, because Crookshanks was waffles coated. Exactly. But I don't know anybody else. I don't know what happened. I know what a martyr is. What? A martyr. A marauder? <laughs> okay, guys, you were right. She is just stupid. So Lynette wants to talk to Tom, but there's no time because his ride is there to go to work. I don't know why he can't drive himself. Um, but <laughs> She's like, your car pulls here. <laughs> like, oh, green energy king. <laughs> He's trying to save no, greenhouse gas emissions. <laughs> if you're an adult and you carpool, like, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Summer wants to destroy this earth. No, but imagine like, <laughs> like, like imagine a fully grown man <laughs> getting into the back seat of a car. No, that's an ick. That's a huge ick. Massive. Like just walk at this point. Come on. <laughs> oh my god. Tears check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cry, we get it. <laughs> Look at that one. Nobody cares about your tears. Okay. <laughs> I think I've started laughing like an old person. <laughs> it's like, you know when they laugh and like no sound comes out and it's just this like scratchy air. I've been doing that since the day I was born. Oh, like okay. So babies are like, hee. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Wrap anyway. it up. Oh, okay. So, anyway, Lynette says before Tom leaves that she's upset because they haven't had sex in ten days. And they're like, okay, tonight, tonight we'll have sex. And then Annabelle comes in, Tom runs up to get his briefcase. And it's just this awkward moment of Lynette kind of staring at Annabelle and being like a little jealous. Lynette was annoying me in this episode. She had so much anxious energy that it was stressing me out. Like, I don't even think that's a long time. It's like, this is why you guys have so many children. (laughs) Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, like get a grip. Um, and like she looks so haggard, and Annabelle comes in and looks looks perfect. I gotta say, she looks so put well, together. Annabelle, okay, in fairness, Annabelle is going to the office. If, Annabelle but, has a job to do. But if I was Annabelle, I would say, you know what, I won because I I, agree. I got the better job, and I don't have to take care of your ten kids. Yes, but does Lynette not think that if Annabelle had the day off, that she would not also be in her pajamas and just hanging around? I think Annabelle looks like that all the time. (laughs) I think she hangs around in a full face of makeup. You know what? Good for her. Good for her. Um, And then Sophie is finally leaving Susan's house, and Susan cannot be happier. Julie's like can't you stay a little bit longer? And Susan goes, no, she has to get on with her life. And then Morty goes, Susan, Sophie told me about you and the plumber. And uh, I I think you got to give him another chance because I gave Sophie another chance. And then Sophie's like, I I told him like you still love him. And Susan goes, what did you say? What did he say? Oh, it was a bad time. Somebody... (laughs) Somebody he loved just died. And Susan's like, oh, maybe. <laughs> and Susan's like, oh, maybe I should go talk to him. Go over there. She should. She should. Why wouldn't you want to go talk to Mike? 
I was just so glad that Sophie was finally leaving. She felt so useless to me this entire yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. She's boring. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then we see Brie and George. They're out having a meal together. Brie looks gorgeous, as always. And she starts talking about Rex and reminiscing on the past and a trip that they went on to Italy. And George suggests that he and Brie go to Italy together. And of course, this is preposterous. And even though there's this awkward rift between them in that moment, Brie tries to just kind of quell it. And she's like, oh, here, try try the clams or something. And she starts spoon feeding. Like, I don't want to think about that. Um, but Edie sees it from across the way. Edie was so funny. No lines. Didn't have to say anything. You just see the look on her face. She's like, okay. And we're <laughs> keeping like, yeah, I'm unhappy. Oops, shouldn't be drinking this much wine. <laughs> yeah, she's got to be careful. She's, she's on thin ice. She's gotten a little stupid in the, in the back end of the season, I have to say. Who wrote this episode? Uh, I wrote it down. Katie Ford. <sighs> All right. Well, let's Katie, Katie Ford is not a now. girl's girl. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, kidding, Katie Ford. You're very talented, and we'd love to have you on the podcast. And then Lynette is putting the kids to bed early for Tom to get home so they can fornicate their marriage. And, <laughs> and Tom gets home, and he's like, you smell really bad. Like, maybe you should put in a little effort. I get it. I felt so bad, though, because, Tom, this woman is tired. Yeah. But she's been dealing with your shitty spawn all day long. And you have the audacity. If there's one thing they always have, it's the audacity. When he goes, you guys like it when girls put in a little effort. I'm like, you guys are married. Why are you talking like that? Yeah, <laughs> like she has to woo you. Ew. <laughs> Why are you talking like you're 20 years old? Is because what I want to know. I, I don't think Tom matured past the age of 22. He's, he gives very 22-year-old energy, for sure. For sure. Um, and He'd then... get along well with John Rowland. You know, it's shocking we never see them together. They'd be the best of friends. Yeah. I don't think they've ever spoken once. No. And I don't think they ever do. <laughs> <laughs> um, then the detective Susan hired has pledged his allegiance to Paul. Which is so wild. I know. Good, good for him. But I guess when you are a PI and you have the biggest ad in the phone book, this is going to happen. But I really thought he was just going to be like, okay, well, this lady's paying me too, but he just loves That's Paul. what I thought. He is co-president of the Paul Young fan club. So we got to get him on the pod. Yeah, we have to get him on the pod. We have to get him a pin. And <laughs> um, so he's like, basically, like, what do you need me to tell her? I'll tell her whatever you want. Also, you actually have to get out of town because people are going to start figuring it out. So I guess, does he know that he killed Martha? He must know for sure. But I didn't think they ever, because we never really saw him again. So was he like, yo, man, I did it. Oh, I guess he was hired to kill her. Yeah. So he was a hitman. Yeah. But so, then in the very next scene, the detective is with Susan and is pretending that everything is normal with Paul. Basically, asked Paul, like, whatever you want me to tell her, I will. And Susan is a little disturbed, obviously, by the fact that Paul was telling, quote, the truth. But then she puts the detective onto Mike's case. So after. Everything she learns about Paul is allegedly the truth. He pulls out records of her fighting with her aunt and all this stuff. And it was just so word for word from what Paul said that I feel like yeah. I would have been a little bit suspicious. I would have said that's point. almost too good. Like, give me – there has to be something else, you know? Yeah. Like, something. But then she's like, I need you to uh, to check out a plumber I know. <laughs> just a random plumber nobody yeah. specific um, then 
no go. Then in the next scene, Gabby goes to John. He's out raking some uh, random park and she breaks the news to him that she's pregnant and the baby might be his. He flips out. Fully he has a child like meltdown. Her. Yes, yes. He and Zach it's worse should than be anything friends. Zach Young has ever done. Oh. They should be friends. Like they go, you know? Yeah, they could flip out together. They could both kick, scream, punch walls together. <laughs> They'd love that. Um, yeah, he's flailing his arms, kicking up grass. But it's like, why you didn't have to tell him. He just didn't have to know. I think no. Carlos and John look they don't look alike, but they look similar enough. They have similar coloring. Yeah, where I don't think it would be that suspicious. Right, right. Just, but whatever. She just had to be a good person, I guess. Um, and then we get right to Susan and Julie, and she makes her child daughter read the police report. Child daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Susan's like, is it bad? Is it bad? And Julie goes, I'll give you the bad news first. He killed a cop. And Julie goes, what's the good news? She goes, there isn't any. <laughs> Julie was strategic in how she delivered that information, okay? But the thing with, with this file, because it was real, like it was, there were still holes in the story. It wasn't every single thing that Paul had found out or that, yeah, whatever. Like, you need to leave a little bit of mystery for the PI. They're not going to find out everything. Right, of course, of like, course. But there is a photo in that folder. Yes. And Susan recognizes the woman in the background of it. It's basically Mike being arrested. And he recognizes Kendra in the background of the photo. Kendra and Noah looked so photoshopped in the back. Yeah. Like, that. <laughs> they, just, they looked like they were in a different world. They looked like they were at a, a party. and or like on the cover of like a romance novel and and mike was just being hauled away to jail i was like this is not not (laughs) a real picture but then Um, we cut to a flashback of the three of them mike kendra and daddy mafia boss did you say flashback yeah that's not a flashback that was just them on the, the huge plantation talking about deirdre what that was no, that was not a flashback. Because Kendra goes up and she's like, You guys need to get a grip. You need to take a break. Stop. Deirdre hated you guys. That was not a flashback. Okay, then you take the scene. Oh my God. It, it, it read like a flashback. It did not read like a flashback. Why would we have a flashback about characters we don't know very well talking about something in the present day? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. They look the same age. If that was a flashback, it would be very poorly done. (laughs) Okay, so you take the scene. Is it a flashback because we haven't seen Kendra in a while? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She can't just come back? No, she can't. Okay, so Noah, Mike, and Kendra are all hanging out at what I think is a plantation. So... And they're all just, like, looking over the bridge and talking about Deirdre. And they're like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe she's dead. And Ke- Kendra goes, um, Deirdre hated you guys. Like, let her rest. Leave her alone. Basically, is like, I don't care that she's dead. Like, you need, you guys need to get a grip. And they're like, stay out of this, Kendra. You don't understand. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, I think she's right. Like, you know, like, she's like, why, why do you have to find out her killer? And they're like, mm, just li- stop. Shh. Who Maybe cares? It's been years. But it, it wasn't years to Daddy Mafia Boss. Like, he really thought she was alive this whole time. That's true. But, you know, that's kind of sad for him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we get to Rex and Bree talking about how his meds are still not working. I love and how they're really breadcrumbing us about his not working meds. Mm-hmm. Like it's just yes, never I been a storyline. They're just like, oh yeah, it's still not working. I still don't feel any better. Yeah, it, it was so easy to miss, but I feel like now they are trying to put it more in your face. Yeah. And Rex 
even goes so far as to say I've never felt worse. It's just funny because I feel like every other time I've watched this show, I'm focusing so heavily on Susan and Mike that I don't think I noticed anything else. <laughs> Your tunnel vision of Susan and Mike? I was tunnel vision to Susan and Mike. I was like, when are we going to get back together? <laughs> Come on. I know. It does feel like it's been a long time now. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Bree sees Edie walk by and she goes, hold on, I need to talk to her. And she's like, hi, Edie. I, I know what you saw looked a little bad. And she goes, it's okay. Like, he had an affair too. I don't care. Love her. <laughs> She's like, I genuinely don't care what anybody does. So me. Yeah, and, so you. Um, and then she goes, you could have had an affair with anyone and you chose a pharmacist. You're such a Republican. <laughs> that was really funny. I miss the days when we could all be Republicans and Democrats in harmony. I know. Those were the days. You could live across the street from a Republican and it was okay. There was no tension. Yeah. And and people also like didn't ask. They didn't ask. They didn't care. It was like, oh, you you vote Democrat? All right. You vote Republican? All right. And that was it. We need to bring back peace in the world. (laughs) So then Edie tells her she's emotionally cheating and Bree is like, oh perhaps oh okay (laughs) then we cut to felicia tillman leaving a message for zach on his home phone which is so crazy paul picks it up and he's like i don't like zach going over there and he hangs up on her good for him he's a protective father he's like this is a predator that's so funny you say that because my note says paul a caring father makes Zach Coco after he hangs up from Felicia's call. And Zach is not feeling very well. He's in bed. He's um he's not looking too hot. He's not. Paul's definitely drugging him with the cocoa. And he says to Zach, who's like a vegetable in bed, he's like, we have to leave soon. Like people are gonna start asking questions. You blew up Susan's kitchen. Like, this little freak blew up the kitchen. So this is the thing. Like, Paul knows that Zach is kind of a danger to the society. So he has to, like, keep him drugged because he literally tried to blow up Susan's kitchen for not allowing – for because Julie didn't like him anymore. Yeah. If anything, he should have blown up Julie's room. Like, she was the one who rejected him, not Susan. Yeah, but for some reason he doesn't think he's like, there's no way Julie would reject me. It has to be Susan. So he's like, where do you find a woman? In the kitchen. Ah, does he think he's the Rizzler? I'm like very confused he's by so that. no wonder he's related to Daddy Mafia Boss because this was the most mafia thing to do. Is blow up somebody's kitchen to send a <laughs> message. <laughs> Yeah, and then we are juxtaposed with a really funny scene of Lynette passing a lingerie shop, and she goes in and buys a maid costume. Now, my note just says, girl, this is not what he meant. Yeah. When Tom said, men like when women put in some effort, I I think he meant just, like, run a comb through your hair Tip or throw on a little, take a shower. Yeah. But no, she buys a French maid costume. Because I, I just don't think he was being crazy asking for those things. Like, you know, I get it. But no, she doesn't get it. She buys a maid costume and goes home, waits for him to come home, and he doesn't. So she passes out on the couch. And then he brings home a coworker of some sorts. And he's like, yeah, you don't mind sleeping on the couch. And she's there knocked out. So embarrassing for her. But what I don't understand is, so I guess the Scabos don't have a guest room. Because where was Claire sleeping? Oh my gosh, you're right. I I said this. I threw the fo- the first stone at the Savo's <laughs> house. Where was Claire sleeping? Where was Grandpa sleeping? If they don't have a guest room, so they only have a guest room when it's convenient. Was Claire <laughs> like sleeping magical. in the kids' room? That's not okay. Oh, that's creepy. No, yeah. I don't think Claire was sleeping in the kids' room. I feel like 
maybe it's just you remember in Halloween Town High? Yes, when I, yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, I guess the Scavos are magical people. <laughs> the also, Scavos spend half their life in Halloween Town. <laughs> <laughs> this just doesn't make any sense. Maybe they pitched a tent for her. I don't know. Porter and Preston are waiting for their Hogwarts letters. <laughs> <laughs> I've said this before, but Porter and Preston give me such extreme tofu energy. Like, I can't explain it. Yes. Every time I see them, I'm like, that's tofu. And they look like tofu. They do. <laughs> the next morning, Tom is teasing Lynette about her little stint with the French maid costume. And she doesn't think it's funny. She's like, I wanted to save our failing marriage. Uh, she's being a little dramatic and a little insecure so dramatic i'm like it's okay like you guys have you guys live full lives like it's not that big of a deal and he's like uh, he tells her he's like you're you're being like no that's fine he, he says word for word this may be the stupidest thing you've ever said yeah and he was right <laughs> i liked tom in this scene i fear and i'm on his side in this episode not tom eating for once he is like she's just so stressed over nothing because and it's like you know she's insecure because she stole annabelle from him. yeah and now she feels so like she thinks annabelle it's just gonna happen back. again yeah yeah and it's like you lose him how you caught him <laughs> and she knows that the next um, scene is a really pivotal one because we see gabby and carlos in the bathroom she goes outside with her chips and john roland pulls up all I could think to say about this scene was John has lost his mind. The only thing I could think of is how is Carlos still not in jail yet? <laughs> yeah, he should have been gone by now. Been weeks. Every week he's like, I'm turning myself in. <laughs> Tomorrow I will be at the courthouse. He throws a whole party yeah. for his going away to his government funded vacation. And yet here he is still in his home in the bath i guess with a waterproof bracelet <laughs> that's not electrocuting him in jail like he needs to be behind bars and he's just not so i'm very confused so john comes up and he's like i'm gonna tell him that's my kid and it's like this is clearly he doesn't have a frontal lobe like that's yeah. not gonna solve anything you're just gonna blow up gabby's spot he's still calling her mrs Solis, which is crazy <laughs> Like, you could possibly have a kid with somebody and you're calling her Mrs. Solis. And Not even ironically, that's crazy. She's basically like, John, don't you dare. Don't do this. So Gabby runs back in and she's like, oh, fine. I'll, I'll get Carlos. Just let me do it. She urges Carlos to get back in the bath because she's like, I'm going to join you. John continues to lose it. And Gabby runs and then he turns. Wait, no, she turns on the music in full, full blast. Oh, yes. So because she's so smart, woman in STEM, and he can't hear anything. So we just cut between like scenes of John actually losing his mind to Carlos just dancing in the tub. <laughs> I loved it. It was so funny. It was really it was like wow. We see Carlos is humanity finally because he was hilarious. Like the way he's just like, so good, just playing in the tub like a kid. Gabby is finally able to talk some sense into John Rowland and she's like Carlos has money you don't he can provide for this child don't let the child grow up poor the way I did and that seems to strike a chord in John <sighs> because when Carlos comes out he's like oh hey John what are you doing here and John's like uh I just had to look at your hydrangeas and Carlos is like Oh man, that other gardener is not like you. you. You're practically family. I thought that was such a good line to give him. I know. And also Carlos is so like, you see how good he is with children. And he's just so like nice, warm and welcoming. You don't know how bad he is behind. Wait, we also didn't talk about how Gabby threw salsa in his face. Oh yeah. I loved that. Yeah, I think he deserved it. I think he did too. Like, stop. If I could have been the one um, to throw salsa in John Rowland's face, I would have. I would 
I would pay $50 to throw money in John Rowland's face. Yeah. To throw Personally. money in John Rowland's face. <laughs> <laughs> to throw salsa. <laughs> All right, that's straight too. Okay. Um so Felicia is watching Paul wait waiting for him to leave and then she sneaks into his house and goes to see Zach is just knocked out on the bed. I don't think he had, did he have any lines in this episode. Yeah, he was like kind of mumbling a little bit groggily when Paul was giving him the cocoa, but that was it. I don't know. He's just like like looks dead on the bed. And then um, Felicia finds like the tranquilizers Paul has been giving him, goes upstairs and literally slaps him awake. She's like, you'll thank me later. And then brings him over to her house. I can't believe Felicia. Know. Paul's with Zach's with me. I can't believe Felicia is a caring mother. She low-key is. <laughs> Headstrong father and a determined mother. Yeah, sing oh, it out. That's Christy. why some nights we tried to kill each other. So, um, then we get back to Lynette and Tom. Tom comes home from work. He pulls out a timer from thin air and says, when this goes off, meet me in the bedroom. I don't know how to unsee a thing, <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't like this scene because Tom just comes out in this like cheetah print speedo. I just wrote, I wish I did not see this. Yeah. Thankfully, the scene didn't last that long. They wrapped this storyline up so quick. She did not have the D storyline. She had the E storyline this week. <laughs> Her storyline is after Kendra's. Huh? Her storyline is like below Kendra's. Below Kendra's. It's like they needed to put Felicity Huffman somewhere because they're like, oh, no. And all their contracts, they have to be in every episode. And I, But I guess it just shows like some – it brings the show back down like to low stakes because especially in this episode we have like Mike's drug stuff and all the other things that's just low stakes storyline. It wrapped up. There's 20 minutes left and I don't think we see them see or hear from them ever again. That's a great point. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that was the most like the, the like however you structure a storyline yeah like the problem the resolve yeah the fake resolve it was like clean cut exactly what it is like some of the other ones are a little bit more like intricate mm -hmm. no that one was so not this one <laughs> not that one um so then paul comes home and he's like he goes to felicia's and he goes felicia give me back my son and Felicia's straight up like I know all about you Martha knew all about you I have copies of her journals if you don't leave town I'm gonna tell the police and I'm keeping Zach and he's like I can't leave my yeah. son this made me upset why are you trying to split up father and son yeah she really, like she can't do that she reveals that she looked through Martha's journals. She's got the copies on the table. And she's like, I know that you and your wife stole a baby named Dana, but I am not my sister. You do not want to screw with me. Which gave me a little chill, to be honest. It did. And she was like threatening Paul straight up. And um, and he basically confirmed to her that he killed Martha by like just not saying anything. And I don't know. It's like Paul needs Zach to set – no, Zach needs Paul to set him straight. It's like without him, he he would be terrorizing the community. He would have shot up Susan's house if it wasn't for Paul tranquilizing him. Yeah, and nobody else understands that. No, like Felicia, you don't understand. This is not an innocent kid. I don't really – Like he's got a lot of problems. But that begs the question of, like, why is Felicia so intent on having Zach live with her? Yeah, and why? I guess because she loved Angela, because she kept bringing that up. She's like, me and Angela, me and Angela. It's like, you know what? I bet Mary Alice didn't like you all that much. <laughs> why would she? I don't think she did. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, but I felt bad when she was like threatening Paul and she goes, you better leave Paul. You better leave and leave your son. Oh, that's when he confirms it because he's like, can I at least say goodbye to him? And she goes, did you let me say goodbye to Martha? Which is And then so that's when he just silently walks up. All I wrote was poor Paul. I know. I don't feel bad. Like she didn't even love Martha. She hated her sister. So why is she so upset? Like he literally murdered for this, for this kid. And he was avenging his wife when he killed Martha. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. She drove her to suicide. This entire thing could have been avoided if Paul Young had not dug up his own pool. Yep. Do you think he knows know. that? I think he learned it eventually. Yeah, but I just, I don't get Like, nobody's going to dig up a pool. No! And if they do, it's going to be long after you're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor Paul. And, well, well, wait. No, because how did he... How I think he still would have found out about Martha because of the... um of the 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 notes she was using that's how he found out that she was the one who left the note so maybe he still would have killed martha but he would have never mike would never have found out he never would have come out after the police whatever i'm trying to say i know what you're trying to say thank you then at the end of that scene we see felicia just kind of let a sigh of relief out and then she pulls out this butcher knife that she was holding i guess just in case my god He's just not a dangerous man. (laughs) He was, he killed one person. One time. And it was one time. And it was out of passion because she drove his wife to suicide and was obnoxious. What else are you going to do? Heck if I know. Like he's not, he's not just, he's not just going around. He literally tranquilized his son so he would no longer be a danger to the community. He's a vigilante. He's not just going to kill somebody in cold blood. Susan pulls up to the mysterious daddy mafia boss house looking for Kendra. And there's a security guard there who is urging her to leave. And uh, Susan doesn't listen. So she gets out of the car instead. And the security guard is like, back in the car, back in the car, back in the car. And once again, Susan doesn't listen. So the guard has to take a little more serious action. And once he has Susan pinned up against the car, <laughs> that's when Kendra finally- Because Susan's like, because Susan's like, don't you believe in love? I'm not leaving. I'm sure you've been in love. And he's like, stop. <laughs> yeah. And that's when Kendra comes along and Susan gets the chance to talk to her and daddy mafia boss. And daddy mafia boss lies does not tell the whole truth because he's like, if she knew the truth, she'd go back to him. And I can't have that happening. Like, why doesn't he just want Mike to be happy? You're, you're nothing's going to bring your daughter back. Let him move on. Let Mike move on. Let Mike move. Let Mike move on. (laughs) (laughs) And Kendra is team Mike and Susan. Thank God. Thank God. It's about time. I know. Like, we thought she wasn't a girl's girl back at the saddle ranch, <laughs> but what a black but bear. she is. Yeah, we do. We'll go in January. Christy, I'm going to be there for 48 hours. We'll find time. Okay. So then we briefly cut over to Bree and Rex. Rex is all mopey and he's worried about his test results. And Bree is thinking about what Edie told her. And she's like, well, maybe we don't talk enough. Maybe we should go on a trip again. And Rex is barely paying her any mind. He's like playing his Sudoku or his crossword or something. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I don't remember anything good about our trip to Italy. I just remember being sweaty. And Bree is so upset because she focuses on all the good memories. And Rex clearly doesn't. It was so tolerated, coded. Yeah. But you tolerated. I was out there building other worlds. Where was I? Um, yeah, like respect. Like just get a divorce then. Yeah. He called off the divorce, and you're not even gonna. Ugh, so I know. Sorry. I it it. 
I can't even, I can't I even <laughs> go in these circles it. anymore. No, um, no, and then we get back to Susan in the car with Kendra and Kendra tells her the truth. And basically she's like, Deirdre was a drug addict. Mike kicked the heroin habit pretty early on. And basically there was an undercover cop who um was like selling Deirdre for her body or something or he like caught her with drugs and was like pro- whoring her out for for her freedom and she was a druggie so she was like sure and then Mike caught them and fought him in self-defense and then they both I wish we had seen like a flashback to this no. because it was very cinematic the way she described it. Like they were fighting, 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 and then both flew off of a balcony and Mike was the only one who survived. Oh, it gives me a chill just to think about it. I just can't believe the court didn't rule in Mike's favor. I'd rule Did they not look favor. at him? <laughs> too. I would be I would be fighting at the jury. I'd be juror number one. <laughs> we all know how much I love being a juror. I love being a juror. <laughs> So I love it. in that closing monologue, we see a few things like Morty getting the new ring for Sophie and also seeing the price tag that comes along with it and being kind of horrified at that. We see each of the couples culminating in Susan running over to Mike now that she knows the truth and she starts to yap at him and then she just takes him and kisses him. That made me so happy. Same. I'm so excited to see more of them next week. Well, I know. Yeah. Okay, guys, that was it. That's our episode. Thank you for bearing with us. Um, please keep tuning in. Please. <laughs> please, we're begging. Merch is coming as of January 1st. Slay. Um, follow us on TikTok, Instagram. We're going to tell. Interact with us because we want to talk to you guys. Um, and until next week, this has been We Know What You Did. It makes us sick. We're going to tell. Bye. Bye.